Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. If I could pick one thing, Tara, that needs to be rebranded about wellness in the gym, it would be rooting out diet culture because I think it just keeps so many people from feeling comfortable in and taking advantage of the gym. I'm yeah. sure you see this every day. I see this every day. In fact, I was just talking earlier about how clients on a very regular basis on their first day will come in, they'll sit down in my office, which is a massive step. Like the hardest thing to do at the gym is walking through the front door. And at some point during that session, they're going to burst into tears because they are so intimidated by the environment. Even though I'm super chill and I try to make everybody feel comfy, which I actually do a good job at most of the time. Having people cry in my office is common. If you feel uncomfortable going to the gym, so do like half the people that are there. And I totally get it. The gym is a scary place sometimes. Like you walk in, there's like some dude bro with all these muscles at the front desk it's loud. There's music that's usually not very good blaring through the speakers. It's sweaty. It might smell some kind of way, depending on who's in there that day. There's like gorgeous, scantily clad women everywhere, which like, yay for self-confidence. But if maybe you're not feeling so confident in your body, like that might trigger you to feel a little bit like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? There's inexplicable wet spots <laughs> in places. <laughs> the gym is scary sometimes. I so get it. But it doesn't have to be that way. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. There are many, many things you can do that'll help kind of have a better experience from the very first time you even walk through the doors. Yeah. So can we just talk about, is there a place where the thin body ideal shows up more prominently than in the gym? I mean, it shows so up everywhere. So that's It's a like hard really question, interesting. But... This is a hard question for me to answer because... So many people in the gym are just like there to work on themselves and they're focused on what they're doing. And that's typically what I'm doing with my clients. I'm not like watching what's happening all around the gym. So it is kind of hard for me to see people that are going like I don't typically have conversations about how people like need to lose weight and I need to fit in this dress. And I wish my whatever was bigger. Those aren't typically conversations that I'm privy to because that's not what I'm working on with people. So like I know diet culture is there. And we do see it, of course, like diet culture is everywhere, but it's not like that common for me to deal with like on a daily basis. I'm th something that you said just now, Tara, though, made me think of like how people who are going regularly, it is just the gym, right? Like they're right. not really thinking so much about everybody else there. It's like initially, which makes a lot of sense when we think about like early humans, if you're in an unfamiliar territory, you are going to be very alert to what other people are thinking about you, what their judgments are about you all of these things, which makes it ripe for diet culture, right? Yeah, like, totally. I'm going into this place where people are exercising and maybe they are more experienced than me, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And like, <laughs> I'm going to be very alert to that. You know, it's interesting at Edgewater Fitness where I train the whole like 
concept of what we do as employees is we try to make this the best hour of every person who walks through the doors day. That's like our theme. So even though hopefully it's not the best hour of their day, I hope their day is amazing and the gym was just part of it. We try to like kind of focus on being welcoming, being inclusive. We're part of like a local community. We try to help each other. It is really interesting to see how like the people that come at the same time every day have like created this community and it's very open to others that are just coming in. And I think a big part of that has to do with one, the membership. We have good people there. But also the employees really facilitate a lot of this. When you first walk in the door, there's somebody at the front desk going like, hey, welcome to Edgewater Fitness. You know, usually like a high school kid or somebody that just likes working out. And then if they need something else, they'll direct them to the right person, which is usually me. Um, Tara, this person needs to know how to use this machine, you know, and then I can kind of take them under my wing. And when I do that, something that I really focus on is introducing them to other people in the gym because If there's something we know, people are going to be more successful when they have a support system around them. So when I see people that come in every day and then I don't see them for a few days, when they come back, I'm like, where have you been? So they kind of feel like, oh my gosh, somebody missed me here. And the other members do the same thing. So it really creates like a supportive community. And I can say that it's the same at all gyms. I've definitely worked at other places that were not, did not have those same standards, but that's why I like it so much where I'm at now. So I have a question, and I have driven past Edgewater Fitness before, but I have never been in there. I have no idea what it's like, and I would not know that that's what what it's like in there just from driving by. So I'm wondering if there are, like, how do I know when it's going to be that kind of environment? I don't think there's a way to know without going in. I don't think there's any, like, telltale signs that you could look at and go, like, this place is going to be inclusive. This place is going to be supportive. Typically, like some of the most grungy dude bro looking places are like some of the most welcoming, inclusive places you'll find. Um, And something that's a bit more like corporate might not have that like genuine community feel, but it's really about who works there. It's about who works there and what kind of community they're creating and who works out there and if they want to be part of that community or not. So there's no way to tell. So I know this sounds like it was a giant commercial for Edgewater Fitness, but there's like gyms like that all over the place. It's not like I work at the only good gym in the world. But while we were talking, I just don't really see a lot of diet culture there. But I think the reason is not because it's not there. It's because I don't really look for it or focus on it because I'm busy worrying about what my individual clients are doing. And I know that is like such a crazy concept to you, Elizabeth, and I'm dying to know why. Like, is the gym like one big diet culture hot pot for you, or how does that work? I think that most people who are familiar with diet culture think that it is like running rampant in the gym. Right? We have like a bikini boot camp that one of our sister gyms offers. If that's not a diet culture thing, I don't know what is. Complete with meal plans and calories and all this. So let's talk about our first gym experience. Because the gym can be like a tricky place. It's scary to walk through the front door sometimes. If you're not sure what to expect, you have this concept in your mind that it's going to be a certain kind of way. And you probably don't think it's full of people that look just like you and are there for the first time. You probably think it's full of people that have been exercising for their whole lives and look some kind of way. 
and are definitely going to judge you for walking through that door. But I'll tell you, the first time I walked through the gym, walked into the gym, I joined a gym when I was in high school. And this is so diet culture of me, but this is how I was at the time, right? Mm-hmm. I was 17 years old. I was gorgeous. I was dating a guy who was way hotter than I was. And I was like insecure about, oh my God, I'm the ugly one in this relationship. I need to go to the gym and get like a rocking body. Um, so I joined the Gold's Gym down the street. And I would go every day after school. And my very first time in there, they were like, hey, so you want to meet with a trainer? And I was like, yeah, that would be great. But they didn't tell me what to expect. Like, are we working out? Are we just talking? What is this going to be? So I just came straight from school wearing leather pants, a sequin tank top, and stilettos. (laughs) That cracks me up. Yeah, school was different back then, but I walked in like prissy little me and the trainer took one look at me and was just like, oh my God, this is a waste of my time. (laughs) Like I could just see that on her face and she was just like, okay, so you just want to like lose weight and get in shape and look better? And I was like, yeah, hello, isn't that what everybody wants in the gym? And she was like, okay, the women's equipment is up there, right up the stairs to the left. And then she walked away. And like looking back on that as a trainer, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And secondly, she could have made so much money off of me because I was living at home. I was working as a waitress. I had expendable income and I definitely wanted to change my body. So paying a trainer to make that happen would have been right up my alley. But because she looked at me and judged me and said, oh my gosh, what is this? Which fair, who goes to the gym in stilettos and leather pants? (laughs) That's really, really crazy. But because of that, I started going to the gym and I found like this one machine that works your butt. So I would do like 20 minutes on one butt cheek and then 20 minutes on the other, which by the way, you oh my gosh, you must have been so sore the next day. <laughs> I was so sore. And also I look at that now and I'm like, how many reps was that? Like 4,000 reps per glute? Like that's crazy. <laughs> So Tara, I have a question for you because something you said about going to the gym to change your body Mm -hmm. versus what I try to, a mindset shift that I try to help my clients make is going to the gym or finding movement that is enjoyable that you want to participate in consistently, not because you want to change your body or because you don't like something about your body currently, but because you want to increase your cardiovascular strength or you want to get more strong or you want to Mm -hmm. gain more flexibility or you want to manage your stress or um, boost your mood. And so I'm curious how you walk people through that, because it's a very different way of looking at movement than the traditional diet culture version. Yeah. So when I went to the gym, I did just want to change my body. I didn't care about any of the rest of that. I didn't even think about health at that age. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just wanting to look good in a bikini and hoping I compared to the person I was with in pictures. But now frequently people will come in and say, oh, I need to like get healthy and lose some pounds. Um, And it's really like enjoyable for me to kind of take them on this journey and show them why being strong is awesome Mm -hmm. and how so quickly that goal will just kind of like dissipate. It's not even like they actively choose to like, I no longer care if I lose weight. It's just that other things become so much more important that that's not even a thought anymore. And honestly, most of my clients get that way from lifting heavy. Mm-hmm. So when they do something that they perceive to be like big and hard for most people, it's like deadlifting or back squatting with a barbell, like something that is like, whoa, they feel so empowered doing that, that nothing else really matters. And they start worrying about the number on the bar rather than the number on the scale. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. And I'm all about educating people that you don't actually have to focus on losing weight or even lose weight to improve your health and well-being. And I find that when you take the focus off of weight loss, it actually helps people be more motivated to continue with it. I'm curious what your experience with that. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Like weight loss is hard, right? Even if you're doing, quote, all the right things and you're calorie counting and doing all this diet culture stuff to help yourself lose weight, you're putting in all this work and then you get on the scale and you like weigh the same or even more, which is super common. Because Um, those PS aren't really the right things. (laughs) They're not the right things. I have to interject that. Like it's frustrating. So nobody sticks with it. So if that's the goal and you're trying to do this thing and it's not happening, you're not going to stick with it. What is the point? But when you start having other priorities, like, oh, I like the way my body feels when I move it like this. I have more energy or it's easier for me to chase after my grandchildren. All of a sudden, it becomes highly motivating to keep doing what you're doing because your whole life is better because of it. Oh my God. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm hearing all of these like amazing reasons to go to the gym. And earlier you were talking about hip lifting heavy. Mm-hmm. And that sounds, to me, that sounds really exciting. But at another point in my life, that was scary. Not only was like the idea of lifting heavy scary, the equipment was scary, right? Like yeah. I would, when I would go to the gym, I would like go to like my cardio equipment. Maybe I would do some free weights, barely. I'm like in and out and I'm not, my eyes are away from anything involving a bar. And like, I wonder if that's something that you see. That's so interesting because gyms are actually set up to have like the scariest stuff in the back. This is like most gyms on purpose, on purpose, because everybody's familiar with a treadmill, right? Okay. We know what that is. We're not super scared about it. Usually there's like an elliptical or a bike next to it. And everybody's like, okay, cool. This is where you start. And then after you've been on the treadmill for a while and you're kind of like looking at other stuff, you see, oh, there's like a circuit here of machines and you might recognize it from, oh, your former life when you went to curves or, oh, I saw somebody doing this once on TV. I could probably handle that. Right. And the machines are so easy, right? You sit down in them and there's only one way they move. So once you figure out how it moves, that's it. That's all you need to know. But then further back in the gym is what I call the dude bro because it's typically full of dude bros. You now have all these free weights and dumbbells and barbells and plates. And it's just like full of equipment that if you don't know what you're doing, you won't know what you're doing because it just sits there and you have to do things with it. (laughs) Right. And there's no labels. There's no instructions. So it's totally set up that way to ease people into the gym experience. That makes a lot of sense. I, I'm thinking like I think uh, a lot of people when they even think about a gym, they think about all that scary stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the point, right? People go to the gym and they know they should do these things, but then they're like, I don't know what to do. So it becomes like this thing they're procrastinating, like, well, I'm not gonna go because I'm not really sure. So here's my advice. If you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit nervous about going to the gym for the first time, walk in and introduce yourself to the person at the front desk. They are going to get you over to someone who probably sells gym memberships because that's kind of like their goal, right? They want more people in the gym. And the salesperson is like your key point of contact there because they are going to walk you around and show you all the gym and all the amazing stuff that the gym has to offer. And at the same time, you're becoming more comfortable with it because you can see like, oh, yeah, there's the bathrooms. Cool. I'm probably going to need that at some point. Right. And here's the treadmills. I know what that is. So I'm comfortable there. 
And then at some point, that salesperson is going to introduce you to like a trainer um, or a group fitness instructor, kind of depending on what your interests are, right? If you're like a class person, they'll probably show you the class schedule and get you comfy with looking at all of that. And then once you meet with a group fitness instructor or trainer, that's when like the real magic starts to happen because they're going to introduce you to gym members. They're going to introduce you to other trainers. And now you've become like part of the gym family. Once you meet with people too, it gives you more knowledge because a trainer is not going to know you and then let you do something wrong. Even if you're not training with them, if I see somebody I know doing something wrong at the gym, I'm going to go, hey, Maura, keep your chest up when you do that. Even if I'm working with someone else and I notice that something's happening. So you're going, oh, okay, cool. Somebody's watching out for me. And it gives you a little bit more confidence to try more stuff, even on your own. The family aspect makes me think of what Elizabeth was talking about, too, with the diet culture, right? I'm probably way more likely to feel like other people are thinking about me in a diet culture way if I don't know them than if I know them and I actually talk to them and see them as a human and they see me as a human. I'm probably less likely to think that they're judging me. Yeah. Once you like make personal connections with people, like I think a lot of that judgment just kind of like disappears or in this case, a lot of the fear of judgment because you don't actually know what other people are thinking about you. And also what other people are thinking about you is not really your business anyway. Like you're there to get stuff done and move your body in a way that feels good to you. So I would love to be like, who cares what other people think? But that's not exactly how humans work. work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because we all do care. Right. Right. But once you meet those people, it's a lot less intimidating because now you're part of the crew and it happens much faster than people would think. You know, I've watched people come in and within like a week, everybody's like, hey, how you doing? And like yelling across the gym, um, which I imagine is really scary for like a brand new person. Like, why is this guy yelling? Is he talking to me? Um, But then next thing you know, you're in with the crew and comfy being there and you're yelling at somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost wondering, I mean, this is me totally like guessing, but I almost wonder if that might happen because working out in the same space as another person is very vulnerable And vulnerability builds connection. Like when we feel comfortable to be vulnerable with somebody else, it just, it creates that comfort with the other person. Yeah. I really think you're onto something there because when everybody's working hard, you're at a very vulnerable state, right? Like you don't have any more energy. You're gaining what you perceive as energy from the people around you. Like, man, if this guy's working hard, I got to work hard too. So it's like such a community that kind of like is fostered by the intensity of work that's being done there. And this is true. Even if you're like having an easy day, just being in the gym, there's so many people that aren't in that environment that you instantly have a connection with those people because you guys are on the same path. The path might look a little different. Some people might be deep in diet culture and trying to lose weight and change their body and do this and that. Um, And your path might be like, hey, I enjoy moving and I'm doing this to be healthy and strong. But you're on the same road. You just might be headed a little bit different direction. So you and I do something similar, which is you're trying to encourage people to move their bodies so that for all the reasons that it can benefit them, right? Not necessarily to change their body or to lose weight, but to get strong, get fit, all the things we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to encourage people or I help my clients eat to take care of their bodies 
in a consistent, sustainable way, not eat because they want to change their body. And of course, there's a lot of like healing one's relationship with food and body that goes into that. But I'd love to hear how you walk people through that journey, like to someone out there who's listening and has only ever considered exercise as a means of changing their body. How do you help them begin to make that shift to thinking about it a little bit differently? Yeah. So it's so hard, right? People have been brought up in diet culture for like however many years they've been alive. It's just a part of what we do here in society. So me telling people like, hey, stop trying to worry about losing weight is never effective. Mm-hmm. It has like a 0% success rate. Mm-hmm. Like my, just relax when you're feeling yeah, it Totally. It just does not work. So I try to just approach it from like a purely physical standpoint. So if they come in hating their body, I don't like this. I don't like this. I have this target area. Do you see this fat when I move my arm like this? And I just try to give exercises that are going to work the whole body, including those target areas. And honestly, it happens so fast. Within like two or three weeks, people are going, man, I feel so much stronger. Um, I feel so much like more mentally healthy. I have so much more energy that it doesn't have to be a big conversation for me, mm-hmm. which is nice because I don't like talking. So in a way, you're putting into practice what I try to coach people through, which yeah. is it's so common for people to realize, okay, food has become really stressful. I can't make sense of all the conflicting things. It's overwhelming. I'm second guessing every food choice. I'm feeling mm-hmm. guilty. I want all that to stop. And yet I still want to lose weight. And it's totally possible for those two things to exist at the same time, right? Like I want to find more food and body peace, but I still want to lose weight. And so what I try to help people do is say, okay, can we take that desire for weight loss? You don't have to get rid of it. It's a very human thing to feel in the culture that we live in. It's totally normal. Can we just Put it on the top shelf temporarily while we focus on some of the other things that you want and see how far that gets you with that weight loss goal. Mm -hmm. So I think what I hear... That is literally the exact thing that I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. So really, it's just maybe if someone is feeling that way, allowing it to be okay for both of those things to exist, Mm -hmm. perhaps considering, okay... Maybe in the past, when I've only approached exercise through the lens of weight loss, maybe it, it didn't last. It wasn't sustainable. Or I got frustrated yep. when I didn't see sure. the, the thing on the scale, yeah, the, the movement on the scale that I was looking for. It might be the same thing with food. In the past, when I only approached it through the lens of dieting and weight loss, it didn't last. It wasn't, it had me on this on again, off again, all or nothing approach, or it made me really bummed out when the scale didn't change, or I saw the weight loss, but then I regained the weight, which we all know sort of happens with dieting. It's not that anyone did anything wrong. That's literally the setup of dieting. But so maybe kind of helping to get clear on how that original version of it maybe wasn't actually helping you get what you want is like the first step to being able to consider a different path Mm -hmm. of, in this case, you know, maybe moving for a different reason. Yeah. This is making me think of parallel thing that I'm seeing in the work that I do. A lot of the times people want to get rid of anxiety or get rid of whatever it is. And a lot of the times I, I just wind up asking them like, well, if anxiety weren't a problem for you like what would that mean for your life like what else would be in your life and that like helps them focus on the things that really matter to them which is 
like in this case, it's like actual health. <laughs> it's feeling more comfortable in your body. It's all these things that are unrelated to weight mm-hmm. and anxiety. It's going out and like being more authentic in my relationships. And this is totally possible for both to coexist. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So maybe if someone is feeling hesitant to go to the gym or having trouble getting over the hurdle of sort of getting in or getting started. The gym is not the secret, right? It's movement. So if you are having trouble getting over the hurdle of getting started or walking through the front door of the gym, find something else you like. I personally love walking outside. Mm -hmm. I was chased by a big scary dog the other day, and I'm a dog person. So maybe check your surroundings and make sure you're in a good place. (laughs) But walking outside is phenomenal. Walking is like the most underrated exercise in the world. And it's free, and it's easy, and it's accessible for most people. Like, it's a really good one. But if you prefer, like, boutique fitness, going to a bar class or tribe cycle or F45 or whatever, like maybe that's more your environment. Maybe being surrounded by people of all genders is a little scary for you and you'd rather be in a women's only place or I don't know if there's a men's only place, but a place like that, (laughs) you know, like finding something that speaks to you and your body is super important. Just because I'm a total gym bro doesn't mean that everyone has to be. Yeah, so then it sounds like your two tips to getting started if someone is looking to do that and has been having trouble are maybe, first of all, thinking about why do you want to do it? What's Mm -hmm. besides changing your body? What are some of the other reasons that could get you in there immediately? And then also finding a place you're comfortable. Yeah. And that there's no one, one right path or one that looks different for everybody. Yep. The right path is different for everyone. So... Um, I would definitely like close this out by encouraging everyone to go visit their local gym if you haven't. Like, I think everyone should at least have the experience of walking in and going, oh, actually, I do kind of like this place or uh-uh, this isn't for me. Just maybe not in their stilettos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe wear like tennis shoes your first time. <laughs> I mean, feel free to stop in and whatever. But if you actually want to like do something, maybe don't wear leather pants. <laughs> It's really sweaty in there, so it's, you know, not ideal. (laughs) Not ideal gym wear. But walk into a gym and check it out, and if it's not for you, find a different way. There's always more than one way to get fit. So gym is not required. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, I always tell my clients, anytime you're moving your body, it's a win. Anyway, anytime, whatever works for you. So maybe that's like a way someone can baby step into exercise if they're sitting on the sidelines currently is like... Literally any anytime you're moving your body, parking yep. further away. I was just going to say that I love when I go to the store, like parking far away, or I have a little rule for my life that my husband makes fun of me for. If it's eight flights or less, I'm going to take the stairs. <laughs> if it's nine flights or more, I'm going to take the elevator. Um, and he's always like, this is ridiculous. But you know what? I beat him up the stairs every time. He takes <laughs> the elevator and I take the stairs and I always win. I'm usually out of breath, but... <laughs> I always win. So just like looking for little ways to add more movement into your life is really like a great first step. Yeah. Standing up and walking around while you're talking on the phone or don't take the moving sidewalk at the airport. Oh, good one. You know, things like that. What else? Can you come up with like a few more ideas? Because this is, I feel Um, like that's actually really helpful for people. Yeah. So I always try to carry on all my groceries in one trip. Oh, (laughs) 
a little strength training. A little strength training, a little grip training. It's usually miserable and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I desperately miss my Instacart subscription, but like that's a good way to get a little bit in. I feel like the other way would work too. One bag at a time. (laughs) Yeah, that also depends. Are you going for cardio or strength? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. What do you need today? Like how many stairs to get to your front door? Because that makes a difference too. (laughs) A tip that I, I often share is, I don't know if, I feel like as humans, we're so, it's like such human nature to like pile everything up at the bottom of the stairs to like save it, to bring it up all at once. Right. Yeah. On, I call it unbudgeting your movement. Who cares if you go up seven right. times a day, but go up each time. Oh my gosh. I love that phrase. Yeah. Making more trips to do stuff, finding ways to like add more movement into your life. Super yeah. important. Maybe getting the actual vacuum instead of the robot vacuum. <laughs> I have the robot vacuum and I love it, but I swear that thing gets caught on something more often than it actually vacuums. <laughs> Agreed. It's always eating the phone cord. And for a must, it's all of Marcus's socks on the floor. Yeah. But we digress, I suppose. <laughs> How do you want to sign us off today, Tara? All right. Um, for today's sign off, I just want to remind you that you got this. No matter how you're going to do it, you have the power to do this. And I know that you can. So please just get out there and make that first step. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her website, moratunny.com. To connect with Tara, find her on Instagram at Tara DeLeon Fitness. To connect with me, Elizabeth, visit me at elizabethharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join my health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook.